All right, we are still in recovering or discovering spiritual maturity. Uh, most problems in home and church and business is uh, the the unlearned or the too young or a lot of different things. But uh, we ended up last week, you know, on six ways to meditate on a verse. We got to picture it, pronounce it, paraphrase it, personalize it, pray it, and probe it. You know, uh, you take a word like space saps, and there's a simple plan to help you when memorizing or meditating, I should say, on a verse or on a topic that you have read about, studied about, or memorized. You take the word, spaceps, and we only don't spend a minute on this. The S, there is sin to confess. The P is there, promise to claim. The A in that is attitude to change. C is there to command, is to obey. E is there an example to follow in this scripture. Well, it requires prayer or to pray about it. Error is to avoid, that's what the E is for. T is truth to believe. Always S, always looking for something to thank God for. I like the S in that word. No matter how bad my day is, I have something to thank God for. I thank God that he saved my unworthy soul. Had no idea I needed to be a slave. I didn't thought I was probably as good and better than a lot of people. I I felt I was better than that elder that I used to stop up there, you know, on 25 and... Give me something to drink. When I seen the elder of our church in there getting the same thing, I said, well, I'm as good as he. And that's what we usually do. But when God saved us, when God saved us, we know that the only difference between that man sitting at the bar and me who is going to glory is the grace of God. You know, we... We look at that person and say, he drinks, he cusses, he does this, he does that. But we did a lot of those things and would still do those things if God hadn't saved us. God makes a difference. Now, we want to pick up where six parts of prayer. I can't hardly pray in the morning without thanking God for bringing me through the night. I can't ask him to bless my day until I bless, ask him to bless my night. So praise, being by experience your love to God, you know, that's what it's all about. And if, you know, we mentioned that last week, if you use the model of prayer in Matthew 6, Matthew the 6th chapter, and you think about this, Matthew the 6th chapter, you know, beginning with verse 9, you know, he said, uh, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. You know, we never ought to pray thinking about the man upstairs. He's not upstairs. The third part of that God lives within me. That thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There's not a set of rules for the Christian here on earth and to be a different set of rules when we get to glory. That'll not happen. Some of us, maybe all of us, at times I think, well, you know, when I get that new body, then I won't have to worry about this. Of course you won't. You won't have to worry about the body because you'll have a new body. But what we did on earth will determine our relationship in glory, not for salvation. And I realize there are some who differ with me on that. I don't believe everybody saved is going to be the bride. That makes no sense to me at all because God tells us in the book of Revelation when we get to our next study on the seven churches, you'll find that the bride made herself ready. Well, I'm as saved as I can be, right? I mean, you know, I can't be any more saved. If I'm saved, I can't get any more saved. So how does the bride get herself ready for the second coming of the Lord? By obedience. You know, can you imagine Modern day, you know, I hope our people don't do that, but, you know, they have the bride's night out and you have the groom's night out and usually that is that last fling. Well, you know, if you want more, if you want one more fling before you say I do, you ain't ready to say I do. It's just that simple. If I want to indulge in this world one more time before God comes and gives me, I'm not ready to meet him. That's just common sense. I mean, you don't have to be a, a, you know, anything except just have have common sense. You know, the, uh, we need to understand that, you know, that God, uh, you know, this is how you should pray, not what you should pray, but how. And that's six parts of that prayer in Matthew nine fifteen, with praise, with purpose, with provision, with pardon, with people, and with protection. Do we ask for spiritual protection from God? You know, I I drive from Carlisle to here three, four, five times a week sometimes. May not have ever been a good driver, but I'm certainly not as good a driver as I used to be. My reflex are not as, as as quick. I can't see as good. So I say before I get in the car, God, you take the wheel. You, know, you get me from point A to point B. That's what that Matthew nine a uh, six nine two. 15 is, you know, protection, as verse uh, 13 says, you know, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, God said this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for 
Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're sitting there watching a show on TV. And what happens? The next thing, it comes a curse out of the actor's mouth. The woman is half naked or almost naked. And we just say, oh, it don't bother me. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. As long as you're in that body, it's going to bother you for a split second. You go back for that second or third look, and you've got a problem. But we cannot help this nature. This old nature is against us. It's our enemy. This body is my enemy. That's why that I get aggravated at my wife. I get aggravated at people. If I was everything I should be, I wouldn't do it. But I'm human, and as long as I'm human, it's going to be there. So when we talk about that uh, praying, you know, in verse 9 is praise. Verse 10 is provision. You know, God said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. You know, I'm on a fixed income. Most people my age is on a fixed income. You go down and you see the gas station, you know, you see gas, $4, diesel, $5. You go into the store, you buy a little bag of chips. It's not as big as it was. There's not as many in it. They've already told us that. We can go to the store, we see that. But God is going to take care of it. But he's not going to take care of us if us sitting on the stool of do nothing saying, you know, I'm the only one right. I, you know, we ask God to lead us. Pardon, you know, in verse 12a, you know, he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do we? You know, if we do something wrong, we want people to forgive us. Do we forgive as much as we want somebody else? You know, God tells us, ask God to forgive your sins. What he said in verse 12, 12a, Matthew 6. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But, oh, but preacher, I stay away from evil. Not in this world, you can't. You know, I drove to a little place like Walmart over here. You know, you know I'm not trying to get to forward, but you know, there are some of those things that women wear that they ought to wear a dress over top of that thing. But they'll get over and bend over, and what is it? It's Sunshine City. And if you say something, you nasty old man. That's preaching. That's teaching. We got used to the dark. It's none of my business what somebody else wears. Of course it's not. But you ought to have some decency with yourself. 
And we expect lost people. I don't expect children of God to do that. Don't get upset with lost people. They don't know no better. They don't know no better. We need to ask for spiritual protection. We pray for other people. Pray for other people. Now, we pick up where we want to see another guideline that helps me. I take the word acts, you know, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. I need adoration. I need confession. It's me, it's me, O Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Thanksgiving. I need to be more thankful. Supplications. You know what that means? Ask for our needs. So I don't need anything that God really has blessed you. I need God to touch my wife. I've got to be very careful that I don't get excited like I used to because my heart quits beating and starts gabbling, you know. <laughs> hey, who's going to control that? I can go to the doctor and tell him about it and he'll give me a pill to help control And I may have to do that. But I can also control it by, hey, you can't make me mad if I don't let you. You can't upset me if I don't let you. Think about that now. It's not third grade psychology. This is Bible. Okay. Class nine. And it's really hard, you know. It's hard to ask for anything but giving now, you know. But I can ask that you give your tithe because it don't belong to you. That tithe belongs to the Lord. And I can tell you without any stuttering in my voice, you'll either give it or he'll take it. That's a fact. Now, but what about the habit of giving? Honoring God with your money? But, you know, if I give God myself, he's got my money. First, he needs me. He needs me. Well, how... Does giving reveal my spiritual maturity? And I mentioned tithing because you haven't given anything until you give your tithe. You know, I borrow $10 from Sister Jane, and I give her $10 and say, thank you. I ain't given her nothing. 
But if she gave me that $10, let me borrow $10 when I really need it, and then God has blessed me, I can give her 15 back, or I can give her 11 back. Say, I appreciate I was in need, and God used you to help me. I mean, I think I've told this from the pulpit, and I don't, I don't take, uh, tell it to any reason that's a fact. And uh, I hope the duty understands me. Before God saved Lewis, he was just like me. He'd do anything. Probably like the rest of you. But Lewis would borrow money from you, and you just say in your bye-bye, you know. Just go ahead and give it to him because you ain't got one chance in a hundred of getting it. But my son was born. And he needed milk. I was at Grace Baptist Church. And, you know, I had 20 bucks. That's all I had. No money, 20 bucks. I gave 10 that morning. So I've got to save for the baby's milk. Couldn't do it. Couldn't keep that $10 in my pocket. And that offering came around, I put it in. And I got home. And I opened the door, and there was an envelope underneath the door. We slid it under the door. You know what was in it? Sure you do. Lewis paid me back. I believe God was testing me. He was testing me. Maybe not. But see, uh, God said here in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, every time I think about Lewis, you know, I think about those windows. That was his windows. You didn't mess with his windows. When you mowed, you didn't poured grass upon it. I remember him going out with uh, Larry. I didn't know where the, you know, where the Larry was going to, how he was going to take it. Lewis, you know, bald-headed. You know, he didn't have no hair at all. The cancer didn't take all his hair. But he went up to him. He said, I wash these windows for God. Don't throw grass on the Lord's windows. You know why he did that? He believed that God had given him that job that he could do. And when he left cleaning the windows, I would have to go out and I'd pick up two or three bottles of Windex and three or four paper towels where he had left them and didn't remember taking them out. Tom can tell you, maybe Judy and Harold them could, but he would drive and when he left the parking lot and went up Ammon Road, went down by the driveway and came back. Where are you going, Lewis? I'm going home if I can figure out the way. He had no business driving, but God protected him. He said, I don't believe that. You better believe 
you serve God out of a heart of love, he will take care of you. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. When we look at this scripture in Second Corinthians, the 8th chapter and the 7th verse, that's what God said. Therefore, as ye abound in everything in faith and utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Now, if you read the chapter, you'll know what he's talking about. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. Every time I come in this church, when I'm able, I'm proving my love to God. When I go home and I go to bed and the phone rings and somebody keeps me on the phone for two hours, I'm proving my sincerity how I love God. And so do you. When you come here and you don't feel like it, you'd rather be home in bed. God will let you push yourself as much as you want to, as much as you're able. But you know what I found out? The more you give to the Lord, the more he gives back. And I'm not talking about money. He don't need our money. He never used our money. He used his own money. God tells us. God tells us here. You know. Putting this in perspective, you look at the Bible says in the key word that are used in the Bible, the word believe is used 272 times. Pray is used 371 times. Love is used 714 times. Guess how many times give is used? 2,162. But the first thing I've got to give is myself. Young, young couples tend to prove their love by their gifts. Won't work, people. Because the gifts will grow old. And I think when the opportunity, you know, I'm not much on giving gifts to my wife on special occasions, she'll tell you. But for no reason, I'll see some flyers and I bring them to her. What is this for? I was thinking that the most precious lady in my life wasn't her birthday. Wasn't Christmas. Wasn't nothing. 
See, it's those spontaneous. It's the way God is. Don't really need anything. But I just want to get on my knees sometimes and say, thank you, Father. Thank you for loving me, despite me. It's amazing, you know, that uh, it's almost three times the words, you know, love is the only one that comes close. 2,162 times. So we ask the question, why God wants me to give? Give makes me more like God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What did God give? The most precious thing he could give. His son. Giving draws me close to God because God says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. See, God has given me grace to know that it's half the church. Let's say that uh, I would like to change the name of the church to Lighthouse. But half of the church said, no, I want to keep it the way it is. What would you do? I've already done it. Remember? The majority said, no, I want to keep it. It was dropped. It doesn't mean they were against me. They had some feelings and expressed them. It don't mean they're against you that wanted it or me that wanted it. we got to respect each other. But in a church... The majority is what God honors, see? Why God wants me to give is because it makes us more like God. Giving draws me closer to God because God said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Give is the antidote to materialism. You know, I'm silly, I guess, but I think that things are now are bad, but I believe, and I'm trying, trying to scare anybody, they're going to get worse, a lot worse. And it would break my heart that if it got to the point where we was at home and my wife said, boy, I'd like to have a pizza. Right now, if she says, I'd like to have a pizza, guess what? She gets a pizza. But that time may come when I wouldn't have that extra money. But that don't mean I don't love her as much as I did. 
Giving draws me closer to God, see. Giving is the antidote to materialism. You know, God says in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, he said, change them, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor crust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. What does that tell me? Even though I work for it, God gave me the job, God gave me the ability to do the job, God gave me the health, everything that I earned, God gave it to me. And you may not look at it that way. You may be like most people. I, I don't want to win at IBM for 30 years. I'm the one that let you may be the one, yeah. But God enabled you to. He enabled you to. Giving strength, strengthens your faith. God said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of your income and he will fill your barns to overflowing. See, giving is an investment in, the, in eternity. Things are bad, you know. If you put a deposit of, what is it, $500? They notify the IRS. If you withdraw that amount, they notify the IRS. You know what that means? The IRS knows every penny you got and how you spend it. Giving is an investment. Giving blesses you in return. A generous man himself be blessed. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I mean, giving makes you happy. You know, I've had three sisters in the nursing home. And my last one, you know, Edna. That people say, why didn't you take her in your home? Because neither me or my wife could get her off the floor if she was on it. Conversations ended. But how do we show that we love her? Almost all the time, somebody was there. Why were we there? Because we loved her. Why do I want to please God? Because I love him. I love him. See, what we need to un- understand that uh, what the Old Testament teaches us about giving is habits. There is much to learn about studying the topic. What was the difference between tithing and an offering? How much should I give? Where do I give? You know, all these questions.
Lesson number 10 is the habit of fellowship. Fellowship is necessary. See, uh, my wife hasn't been anywhere except at a doctor for almost three years. So somebody asked me, what are you going to do about this? Well, we got to go to Georgia in uh, April. We used to go down there, see the doctor, and come back. We're not going to do that. If she's sick when I'm leaving, she's going to be sick down there. What's that got to do with anything? It's habit. It's habit. The habit of fellowship is participating in God's family. That's why he tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. What does he say as we close? What does he say in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25? Not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as he see the day approaching. Now, see, I've read that, and I had such got through preaching that somebody, everybody needs to get away. That's why I never jump on anybody when they say, hey, I'm going to be gone for a week, week and a half, two weeks, whatever it is. No, why don't? Because God told the disciples they need to get away a while. We need a change in our life every once in a while. And the more stressed you're under, the more often you need to get away. So when I was working, I would leave once every three months. And I had members that say, it must be nice to get away that often. It was. It really was nice. That's how I answered. Because it was nice. And any pastor that's doing the job deserves that. Because he'll burn himself out if he doesn't. See, what we do is just just talking with God. How to revitalize your prior life. It's hard to have a wonderful prayer life if you're busy, busy, busy all day long. I know what you're talking about, sister. Been there. Done that. And it don't have to be anywhere. It can be, it can be up to Cumberland Falls in Whitley County. Somebody said, Ain't nothing ever come out of Whitley County, Virginia County. I said, my wife came out of it. What are you talking about? A lot of good things in Whitley County. See, they missed the point. 
We've got to study the word to find out how God has blessed us. And we handle our personal life as our personal life. And we don't give the church any reason to doubt. Because most people that talk about somebody else in the church is just jealous that they're not able to do it. That's right. But they would never admit it. You ought to think, you know the reason they're able to do it? God blessed them. If God blessed them, they blessed me. God didn't bless you because you're you. He blessed you, Henrietta, despite you. He blessed every one of us despite ourselves. So you can leave here saying, thank you, Lord. You're better to me than I deserve. And I don't just say that. I believe it. I believe it. I wouldn't put up with me hardly any time at all. Father, we thank you for this.